1: Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table.
0: All right, welcome back to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. I am on here tonight with my good friend and co-host, Jalen. I'm John. Jalen, it is good to see you as always. We have not uh, had a chance to record in a few weeks, and I think I'm gonna probably share just in a moment on why we haven't been able to do this. But how have you been? We have not really talked in two, three weeks. I think. Yeah, it's been a while. I think actually the last episode we had, it was just you and uh,
1: and Enoch, our friend. And so I actually, so you got to hang out with Enoch for the podcast, but I actually got to go That's see right. him in Boston. Last weekend, I was with him uh, preaching at his church's college retreat, Mm -hmm. and it was really fun. I really connected well with uh, their students, I felt, and uh, I was really blessed by their ministry. And so I got to hang out with Enoch for, I flew in uh, like half a day early, and so I didn't have to do anything that first day or so until the evening. And so he took me around Boston, and he knows like everything about Boston. <laughs> uh, but I was surprised being there about uh, of like how small Boston is. Um, like it's pretty packed in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been there, right? Yeah. But uh, we spent a lot of time walking and we walked through a lot of like the the main the main areas of Boston, which yeah. was really fun, really cool. And spent some chi- time in Chinatown, went downtown, uh, went to the Boston Public Garden, went to Boston Common, um went to a really good udon place by harvard uh so it was, it was a lot of fun and nice. got to just yeah hear about you know enoch's uh, ministry life there and mm-hmm. and then connect well with the college students so it was it was great i really enjoyed it and i did a lot of walking which i know you also did a lot of walking so john let me I ask did. you how are you doing yes. you've got a lot to share
0: Yes. Uh, so I'm doing well. I, you know, one of the reasons why we have not recorded in two weeks is because I actually have been uh, on vacation and I was just recently out of the country and got back a few days ago mm. uh, from a, a short trip to South Korea. And uh, this is kind of my first international vacation in a while um, that wasn't to. Hong Kong. Cause usually that if I'm going to Asia, I'm going to Hong Kong to see friends right. and family or visit my mom at the time who was uh, living in Hong Kong, though. She's back in Chicago now. Um, it, and then I think generally since moving to California and the pandemic started, all of my vacation time has pretty much been to just go back to Chicago to see everyone. So this was a, a first uh, on many levels, including the fact that I traveled with some good friends of ours, uh, you know, actually both of whom were guests on this podcast, kind of a yeah. buddy trip um, guys that I have done ministry with and were in the youth group, um, you know, during my time at, at um, my previous church. And so we spent like 10 days in in Korea and just walked our way through multiple yeah. cities and ate Love our it. way through multiple cities. And it was it was a lot of fun but it was also a lot of walking so i feel like you know that the this is the age old saying right like you need a vacation from your vacation sometimes right so, yeah but it was good really good cool really quick uh you know just for the retreat you spoke at for these college students if you had to and i'm putting you on the spot now but if you had to give like a two to three sentence synopsis of what you preached on mm. you know what what was kind of the topic or the main gist of of where you you took these students Yeah, it was, it was centered on being, uh,
1: fruitfully productive, Hmm. um, having a holy hustle. And I think that especially for college students who are second and third gen Chinese Americans on the East coast in some of those schools, like there is this constant pressure to succeed or to be fruitful, to be productive, um, and that's not a wrong thing, but I think um, if we're not aiming in the right direction, it can leave us spiritually anemic. And so um, I think we were, I was hoping to chart a course through scripture on how to be fruitful and
0: productive hmm. in all the right and godly ways. That's awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like a, a good one. You'll have to give me a little more detail when we're off the air sometime. For sure. But all right, why don't you uh, fill our listeners in on on what we're,
1: what we have for the podcast tonight. Yeah, well, we're really excited to announce a partnership with Sola Network. Um, they are going to be hosting some of our podcast episodes. Um, they're going to feature links to our podcasts, short audio clips. They'll have transcripts of our episodes. And so uh, people can go check that out on Sola.network. I think this interview that we're doing with Hanley Lou and Ben Pun are gonna are already up on their on their website so you can check that out. But Sola Network, um, they're a, uh, a yeah, a platform that is hoping to influence the next generation of Asian Americans with the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And so they've got some really cool content. They've got blog posts, they've got podcasts. they have links to conferences and different connections that you can make, particularly for us as as Asian Americans, um, some really good resources that you can check out there. And so we're excited. I'm excited, John, that we can partner mm-hmm. with Sola and have our, our podcast sort of be a little bit of a piece to uh, sort of the Asian American experience in the church world. So yeah, that that's, that's this, this, this interview is, is kind of a kickoff to that partnership. So yeah. What are, yeah. what are your thoughts having, having, you know, been around a little bit with, with network, with, uh, with Sola network and getting to know some of their guys, what are Mm you, what are you excited about with this partnership?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think very much in the vein of how this podcast has been personally beneficial for both of us is, you know, I think this is a, an opportunity for one, for us to connect with more people that are, um, called into something similar that we've been called into, which is pastoral ministry and, uh both a Chinese American context but also I think the greater larger umbrella of the Asian American context um and yeah I mean you know we've talked about this at length both when we started but even as this podcast has gotten rolling um that we're very happy to kind of keep things as just the way they are you know this is I feel like a simple podcast. It's just me and you hanging out with people we know and have gotten to know mm-hmm. because of this. Um, but I think just partnering with Sola it seems like they have they have their their a uh, you know uh, a space that we can share this podcast with, uh, and maybe it, it it means that more people um, can connect with the stories of those who are serving in the Chinese Heritage Church, and that's exciting for me. Uh, and that maybe other uh, ethnic groups or cultural groups can learn from our stories and from our conversations. And and uh, that's also really exciting for me. So, but what what about for you? Like what, yeah, I guess, what are you looking forward to when it comes to this partnership? Yeah, I think most of the things that you've
1: already said, I think that it gives us an opportunity to connect with people who might not be able to get to our podcast. And like you said, like we're we're not trying to, to, to blow up or anything. I think it's just, you know, uh, we want to be a resource where we can be a resource. And I feel like this is sort of an, an, an open door for an opportunity to connect with, with more people. And, uh, hopefully it is a resource for people to, um, yeah, you know, find encouragement from, uh, mm-hmm. find some, find some joy in. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So big shout out to Ben pun, who is a, a one of our guests from a, from, uh, from the podcast and also uh, a childhood friend of mine. Uh, you know Ben as well, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, he kind of got the ball rolling on getting us connected to Sola. So big yeah. shout out to Ben. I think not
0: just the ball rolling, but really championed us with them. So I, I appreciate right. that a lot. Ben, if you listen to this introduction, which you may or may not, and you don't have to tell us if you do, we appreciate that <laughs> about you.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, here's our interview with Hanley Liu, and Ben Pun from
2: Sola Network. Uh, hello. Uh, my name is Ben Pun, and uh, I'm here on behalf of the Sola Network. And um, today, um, we wanted to interview um, John Mann and Jalen Chan uh, with the Bamboo Pastor podcast. And uh, so... Let's just get started with just introducing all of us right here. Um, just why don't we uh, just say your name, your uh, your ministry position, and um, and where you're at. And so, yeah, my name is Ben Pun. I am the lead pastor of Anchor Community Church uh, in Walnut. Uh, we are a church, five-year-old church plant that was planted out of a Chinese church uh, here in Diamond
3: Bar. Uh, Hanley, why don't you go next? Hey, my name is Hanley Liu. Uh, I am the English pastor at First Chinese Baptist Church, also in Walnut in Southern California. Um, I also have the privilege of serving on the Sola Council. So we are the typical (laughs) three-headed trilingual church, Mandarin Chinese, Cantonese Chinese, and English congregation. So that's uh, three congregations, one church.
2: All right. What about you, John?
0: Hanley Ben, it's good to hang out with you guys. I'm excited for this conversation we're going to have. Uh, I my name is John Mon. I am the next generation pastor at my church. Um, that's San Jose Christian Alliance Church. We are in South Bay uh, in Northern California. Um, basically, next gen pastor means that I uh, directly oversee our young adult ministry, but also have like college and youth under that umbrella, and so I get to work with a team of. Um, Youth pastors and just folks who really love the next generation and um, yeah, serve in that capacity. My church is yeah, we would we would be categorized as a Chinese heritage church, though we've I think at this point have developed some new partnerships with different um, different groups and different uh, of different ethnic backgrounds, and so our church also has like uh, a actually relatively brand new um, Spanish speaking. Um, church plants and then partnerships with some other uh, different ethnic groups from our denomination. Uh, and so we're part of the Christian Missionary Alliance.
2: Cool. What about you, Jalen?
1: Yeah, thanks <laughs> for having us, guys. Um, my name is Jalen Chan. I am the English pastor at Chinese Christian Fellowship Church. It's in Wilmette, Illinois, which is a north mm-hmm. suburb of Chicago. It's a Chinese heritage church. And we have uh, the English congregation and a Mandarin Chinese congregation.
2: All right. Well, yeah, thanks so much, guys, for spending some time with us. Uh, yeah, so we at Sola, um, yeah, we're, we're big fans of uh, the Bamboo Pastors podcast. And we just wanted to get to know you guys a little bit better and hear more about your story and what um, you've been learning, especially about the Chinese Heritage Church. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, our first question, you know, is just how did you guys get started with this podcast? Um, yeah, what were you hoping to accomplish, and why did you start it?
0: Yeah, maybe I'll start this story, and then Jalen can pick it up somewhere along the way. Uh, the two of us have known each other for, you know, most of our lives. We grew up uh, attending the same church in Chicago's Chinatown, uh, went through youth group and college ministry together, um, and so. I think both of us uh, just in our time as pastors and serving in, in the church um, have really loved talking about ministry and loved hanging out. You know, I think we had both a uh, ministry friendship, but that came out of our, our, a long time friendship that we've had. And so um, when I accepted the call to serve at the church, I'm at now after having been in the Chicagoland area for pretty much my whole life, um, You know, I I moved to San Jose right at the start of the pandemic and back then, you know, couldn't really do anything and everyone was figuring out what are some hobbies at home to occupy time. And I think it was this combination of looking for something to do because I didn't know anyone in the area and everything was online, plus wanting to stay connected with Jalen and, uh, you know, keep up our friendship despite me having moved from the Chicagoland area to California. Um, and so we, you know, decided to start the podcast right at the beginning or right around the beginning of the, of the pandemic as a hobby. And, uh, we had joked about doing a podcast for about ministry and about the church, um, over the years, just as we've hung out and talked and, and laughed about what we do. Um, And I'll I'll admit that our different iterations of what this podcast might look like have shifted and evolved over time. I think initially we thought, oh, we can like do some like church lunch reviews or something like something more funny or entertaining, um, which we still might do an episode on that. But I think eventually we landed on the idea that we could use this um, to really be a, uh, yeah, like a resource and a platform for the Chinese Heritage Church. And so we kicked this off about two and a half years ago with just, you know, we had a couple friends that we wanted to bring on a goal of, I think maybe 10 episodes. Jalen, you can correct me, but I think, I think it was 10 episodes was our goal. And, uh, just kind of snowballed into something more. Now we're into our third season. So it's been a lot of fun. Very exciting.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think the way that we're approaching it now is just recognizing that we're a very unique approach to ministry, right? The English congregation of a Chinese heritage Mm -hmm. church is a very specific, probably pretty small segment of the wider church family. And yet there are a lot of joys and challenges in what we do, right. That are unique to who we are to, uh, you know, our upbringing to our experience in the Chinese heritage church. And so I think that is, that's something that we've kind of wanted to explore a lot more John and I have, and also, just to bring other people into the conversation because I, you know, even as big as Chicago is, there's, there's only a handful of guys that that we know in the area that are serving in a ministry like this. And, and so being able to connect with other guys around the country who are in these roles and have these similar experiences, I think is just, you know, selfishly at least just really helpful for, for us, just to see other people who are, doing the same thing, going through the same struggles can also rejoice in the same things. And so uh, that's, that's really a, a, a joyful thing that we get out of doing this podcast and having started this podcast. That's what we're, you know, that's why we're excited about doing it.
3: Yeah. I I'm super grateful that the two of you had the vision to start this podcast, even if it was just for fun and because a lot of the topics and the guests that you have, um, they speak to issues that are very specific uh, to the Chinese Heritage Church. And I know that you have some other, you've had some other guests that, you know, pair church ministries and, and some, um, you know, Pan-Asian or multi-ethnic kind of ministries uh, that they represent. And so I, I think it's been, it's been really a blessing for me just to listen in uh, when, when I see the episodes being released. Uh, but as, as the podcast has gone along, what are some of the surprising insights? Were there things that you didn't expect to learn from some of their interviews, um, things that you didn't expect, uh, but along the way, it was something that that just surprised you in a in a positive way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's been uh, a good thing to see the hopefulness mm-hmm. that a lot of guys have in the Chinese Heritage Church because I think growing up in a Chinese Heritage Church, uh, and I don't know if this is an experience for you guys, but uh, it could it could leave you a bit. Uh, jaded, right, or a little bit scarred, based on what you've seen and what you experienced. And I I think going into it, I thought maybe a lot of these guys are are probably just kind of like embattled warriors who are struggling with their ministry roles and, you know, struggling to figure out, you know, how to survive. But there's a lot of hope. in I think a lot of the interviews that we've done. And, And that's kind of what we kind of wanted to point at that, you know, we're not just a podcast for people to kind of dump on the Chinese heritage church or to kind of complain about their role, but it is to say like, here's, you know, there's a lot of joy in what we get to do. Right. There's a lot of hope in what God is doing in the Chinese heritage church. And uh, you know, maybe that's, that's uh, maybe it's bad that that's surprising, but it, it was, it was, it was a good surprise to see like there's a lot of hopefulness for the Chinese heritage church. And uh, for, for us being able to interview these, these guys, being on the front row to hear those things has been uh, really exciting for me.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely echo that. And um, I think as we talked about like what we were hoping to accomplish and even like who were some of the guests that we wanted to bring on, we, we started just with a pool of the folks that we knew that we had done ministry with or had kind of run alongside for a while. And um, I think the surprising thing for me was, that once we got to the end of that list or towards the end of that list and started to reach out to folks who, were, who weren't connected with, not only were they willing to come on the podcast, but I think we've really developed some friendship and um, relationship with people who we might not normally cross paths with just if you're you know serving in a particular city or particular region. Um, I think something that I've really enjoyed about this is being able to connect with um pastors and leaders from ministries and churches that are really across the country and um representing chinese heritage churches or representing ministries that kind of come in all shapes and sizes um and really seeing their heart for the kingdom has been just yeah again i don't know if surprise is the right word something that surprised us but i think we've been really encouraged by that um Mm -hmm. i do think one of the surprising things for us was that we have some people that listen and they're not in the United States. Um, And so there, we actually had someone reach out to us from, um, from Australia and uh, you know, connected over the podcast and we, we had them on, I think in season one at some point. Um, And so that was just really cool to see that connection and to hear about church ministry outside of a North American context, you know, and um, talking about, Ministry in in the church in places that feel somewhat similar, but also very very different. Yeah, that was definitely a surprise to us.
1: We also have surprisingly, I think, uh, and and who knows if this is actually where they're from, but we we have like consistent listeners from Ireland. I don't know, like if (laughs) I don't know if there's actually like a lot of Chinese heritage churches out there. or What, but uh, VPN bouncing through your right, right? Not
0: really sure where it's coming from, but
1: but that's surprising that uh, we popped up uh, in Ireland a little bit. But Yeah. yeah.
2: Man, Chinese people are everywhere. That's That's one thing we know as Chinese people. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons, uh, you know, I really like your podcast is because it is specifically shining the light on Chinese heritage churches. And I just feel like that's just an area that no one has ever really done that. You know, uh, I don't know if it's just my experience, but I feel like Chinese churches, we just kind of like do our own thing and we're fine not being in the spotlight you know we're just we just want to be faithful in our ministries and we don't really like platforming ourselves mm-hmm. we'll just we'll let other people do that and other people start the conversations but yeah i really feel like you know your podcast is one of the first of its kind to really try to specifically shine the light on ministry done in chinese heritage churches um among Chinese American leaders. Um, So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, is that something that you guys have kind of found is like helpful? You're bringing out some of the voices that wouldn't normally get heard. That People are getting more ideas as they listen to your podcast.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think when we first started this, had there been, like a plethora or even one, I think if even if there had been one or two other podcasts that already filled this specific kind of um, piece of the puzzle, I I think we probably would have went maybe in a different direction with the podcast, mm-hmm. maybe we would have ran with that church lunch review podcast or something. <laughs> um, but I think it was because there was just a lack of what we felt like was resources on not just at the podcast level, but I think just in general, that There are sometimes, you know, there's already few enough resources that are kind of directed towards um, Asian American ministries, and that's already a really, really broad category. And um, for being such a broad category and having so many different ethnic backgrounds and cultural backgrounds that fit under that umbrella of Asian American ministry, you know, we felt like really our sweet spot, what we knew, what we grew up in, what has Challenged and blessed and, and encouraged us and um, has been the Chinese Heritage Church. It's something that we're you know both connected to culturally and um, and so we wanted to find a way to really um, yeah again not to not to like platform ourselves but to just let stories be told. And I think even if we felt like even if we're just the only ones listening to this. We are happy to do it because we get to to kind of record stories and um, hear thoughts and ideas from leaders that we know that would not normally have any sort of platform or you know have opportunity to really share in this in this manner, um, and so really I think that's that that was our hope, and uh, we've we've mentioned this before on on the podcast or talked extensively about this, but we really believe that. Knowing ourselves and knowing kind of this is who we are when it comes to God's kingdom um, is good for the Chinese Heritage Church, but it's also good for the kingdom of God, right? Like there are um, there's a lot we can learn from people with different backgrounds, and there's a lot we have to offer uh, as God kind of does this redeeming work in the Chinese Heritage Church and gets rid of the parts of us that you know don't reflect Him there's going to be something left behind that really reflects his heart. And I think that's something we have to share with, with the church at large with the, you know, the capital C church. And, and I think something that I'll, I'll just say is when, when we really started this and again, we're on this journey of discovery, so I don't think we're, we're finished figuring that out yet, but I feel like at the beginning of these conversations, I was much less sure of like, what's our role to play in the kingdom? Like what's our part in, uh, you know, what's our thing or, uh, and it seems, there seems to be much more obvious things in other cultures. And I I think in some ways I'm stereotyping, so I don't want, I want to be careful with how I say that. Um, but when I looked at the Chinese heritage church or even my own experience in the Chinese church, I was not sure, like, what do we bring to the table? basically. And I think this podcast has really helped us to explore that, hopefully helped other people to, to explore that as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think in the, in maybe 10, 15 years ago, and I don't know if this is true in the in, in the Midwest, but I know at least in, in California, the trend was that the younger generation or the next generation, they were exiting Chinese heritage churches. I mean, that seemed to be what would happen. And a lot of English pastors, you also see them either burn out or they, silently exodus as well, or or it may be a conflict situation where they had to leave. But um, it seems like in the last 10 years, God is moving in a unique way where more and more uh, Chinese North Americans uh, are willing to come back into their home church or back into the Chinese Heritage Church. And it seems like there's more English pastors that are willing to stay uh, within the Chinese church. Uh, would you say that, that that trend is true from just your your many interviews with various leaders in the Chinese Heritage Church.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that is my own story, right? I mean, I so I grew up in Chinese Heritage Church in Chinatown, and um, after graduating Bible College, uh, served at a multi ethnic church plant in the city of Chicago, and felt like, wow, this is this is great. Like, there's some really great stuff happening here. And then when I felt called to go back to the Chinese heritage church, it was like, why would God do that? Right. But (laughs) being here, being back in a Chinese heritage church now for, uh, for eight years, it's been really joyful for me personally. And I think being able to see my gifts used, um, to benefit brothers and sisters who are, like me in a lot of ways and to watch my own kids grow up in a context that I'm familiar with but I also want them to have you know roots in their in their heritage as Chinese um, Americans I think that's so there's there's so many things that are beneficial about that and I think certainly for me that's that's true of, of my story but I I do think that's the sense that we get, right, John, when we yeah. kind of talk to a lot of these guys is that, and it's not just for the leaders, right? It's not just for the pastors, but I think there is like a return for the second generation, even third generation, where uh, many of us live and work in um, majority culture, and we don't want to lose connection to, you know, our, our, our Chinese heritage, And so one of the quickest and easiest ways to plug back in is to go back to a Chinese heritage church. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's something that, that certainly we've noticed. And that's certainly something that's, that's been apparent in my own church.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's, it's such an interesting phenomenon. Um, that, yeah, I do think that, I think we mentioned this earlier, a lot of Chinese American leaders feel very discouraged. And feel like their Chinese church is stuck in old ways, the same old kind of uh mm-hmm. struggles and problems. But I think maybe we don't um actually see some of the good things and like how some ministries are growing and they're fruitful and there's mm-hmm. new things happening. Um, so I think that's 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 really important to to see that. Um yeah, John, you actually mentioned something earlier about wanting to see you know how chinese americans can bring something to the conversation to the table to offer to other people to other cultures yeah what do you think that that is uh what what is the unique kind of voice that chinese americans kind of bring to the table to the ministry table from other cultures
0: Hmm. yeah that's a that's a really good question i mean i think there's there's a few different things one of the ones that i um, have just been reminded of is, I think in in the Chinese Heritage Church, one of the things that I see is just a, a incredible like um, resilience is maybe a good word, uh, a resilience for um, a faithful resilience really in in following Jesus in places that are hard or in situations and circumstances that are hard. Um, I mean, I like think about how many churches have folks who have been in that church for, you know, for decades and for decades, they've been following Jesus and serving faithfully in different ministries. And, um, like there's longevity in some of these places. And so, um, I think that's something I love about who we are. And, and I, I do think that there is a, a love for, um, you know, the, uh, there's a love for passing faith on to the next generation in, in the Chinese heritage church, even if they're not, not every church or not every one in the church is, you know, understands or knows how to do that best. I do think there's a desire to see faith being passed. Um, And it it has to do with, I think, yeah, just a strong family oriented or family centric um, culture that we are a part of. And, and so I think that's really valuable to the kingdom, um, valuable as a picture, because I think sometimes the idea of family or the word family may not always um, be a positive one for people or for certain churches or cultures. And so um, that's something that I feel like we can redeem and really offer back to the full family of God.
1: Yeah, And yeah. I think just the posture of learning uh that maybe particularly for us as second generation or third generation chinese americans have i think is so important for the church in north america right because as as our country as our society is becoming you know kind of more mixed uh there's increasing need for like code switching right for uh understanding how to to go between cultures and to learn how to listen, how to learn from other people. I think that's what we grew up as, you know, like third culture kids, just knowing how to flow between cultures. And I think that's something we can offer to um, not just other, other Christians uh, in majority culture, but just to the wider culture, right? Just the ability to be, to be learners, to be humble, to understand, Different cultures and how to uh, show deference, and I think that sense of humility is is really important for people in general today. And I think that's something that we can offer as Chinese heritage churches, and particularly, you know, the English congregation or the second generation congregation in a Chinese heritage church is is to demonstrate what that kind of um, incarnational ministry looks like, right? Being in in different cultures and learning from other cultures and being able to um show love and humility in those in those different contexts
3: yeah from from your experience and maybe it'll take a moment to to answer this to kind of think about it but from what would you say are some of the the greatest challenges facing um that english pastors or english leaders face going forward
1: I would I would say patience and time, because I think mm-hmm. we have such a long history of brokenness, of I'll just go ahead and say paternalism mm-hmm. in the Chinese heritage church that I think it's it, that that's not going to switch overnight, right? Like we can't we can't just flip the switch and say all of a sudden like oh we're we're a big happy family we're just going to press forward and, you know, decisions and conversations will be smooth here on out. Like we've built such a long history of, of difficulty that we have to kind of rewind that or undo some of that, that we have to be willing to listen and learn from other and and give grace when mistakes are made, when we are offended or when we do the offending. And I think we have to be committed to that process. And so whether it's, you know, deacons and elders being in it for the long haul not not pushing the eject button when things get difficult i think there has to be that sense of we're going to be here we're going to stick it out together and and having that across congregations you know the pastors agreeing with one another like i'm going to stick with you through this you know our deacons our our board members saying to one another we're going to stick with you in this And i think the challenge is to say this is not an easy process. There has been a lot that we're that we that we've worked through, whether in our own church history, local church history, or wider Chinese heritage church history. Uh, the challenge is to is to stay with it, is to is to keep going.
0: I think I think another thing too is just as we, you know, are in a world that's increasingly more diverse, um, especially where probably a lot of Chinese churches are. They're in In cities and suburbs that there's growing diversity, um, you know, and and I know that there are definitely some Chinese churches in places where they may be the only ethnic group represented or like it's predominantly, you know, white neighborhoods, but I I feel like that's changing in our, in our country and the world feels like it's getting smaller in, in many ways. And so that, that can be both a good and bad thing, I think for. The chinese heritage church and so i think one of the challenges we have is learning to navigate that tension between you know we have to fight i think the desire to be insular and only focus on chinese diaspora ministry um right because we have to have this kingdom view in mind but but at the same time i feel like we also have to resist you know maybe the the temptation or the Yeah, just resist losing who we are and being reminded. And I I think a big part of that is being reminded that um, God put us in this cultural family um, for a reason. There's something about who we are, again, that we've talked about. And I think there's more, but there's something about who we are that really reflects Jesus to the world. And so we have to navigate that balance between both um, partnering with broader kingdom being part of the kingdom of god and then at the same time also like knowing who god has made us to be and letting letting that yeah be um yeah being okay in that tension i guess
2: yeah i think that's um that tension i think leads different leaders and uh churches to go different ways and different ways to you know answer that question. So my question is yeah you've interviewed lots of different people people who are in Chinese churches, people who are in parachurch ministries, people who aren't multi-ethnic maybe. I mean what do what do you guys see in your interviews about kind of the trends of where Chinese Americans, um, are kind of headed. I mean, do you see a lot of people sticking in the Chinese heritage church as an Englishman, or do you see people kind of venturing out and doing church plants? Do you see people, you know, going to multi-ethnic churches? And what, what kind of trends are you seeing all across the country uh, and North America?
0: Yeah, I think one of the, one of the obvious trends that I I've seen, is how much like churches, you know, obviously Chinese heritage churches, we, like immigration patterns have a big impact on our churches and church ministries. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, um, especially recently there's been a large wave of immigrants from, um, from mainland China. And so, It's reflected in, especially in areas where there's like Chinatowns or like the Bay, which sometimes feels like a giant Chinatown. It's reflected in the types of restaurants that are popping up or the types of regional cuisine that's coming. And I think that at least that seems to be the obvious trend is that our churches have uh, in many ways reflected that, that shift. Um, And, you know... uh, Recognizing where the people are and who are the people in the neighborhoods that we're trying to reach, um, so yeah, I, I I think that that's something that we have to be aware of. That if this is the trend right now, what does it look like, you know, down the road? And I'm not, you know, I don't have any background in understanding, like the the movement of people, uh, with immigration, all that. So there's, I think there's going to be, there's much smarter people that you can have a conversation with about that. Um, but I do, I I do feel like if we're forward thinking as pastors in the Chinese heritage church, uh, and and not just as like English speaking pastors, because I think it's easy for us to just focus, oh, let's just look at the second, third, fourth generation. Um, but being aware of like how that's going to affect, you know and play a, a part in the way our churches grow or the way our churches do ministry i think that's really important for the english side to know that and to be connected to that because that's what we've probably wanted from our first generation congregations to kind of know like where we're at as a second generation ministry whether it's english or youth or or whatever and so we have to do our part in in doing the opposite i think in, in knowing You know, especially if our churches desire this long term partnership together as a church rather than like siloed congregations. Um, You know, maybe some people could make the argument that silos are better because they're easier or simpler, allow us to focus on something specific. Um, But I, I think I would probably make the argument that it might be easier in the short term, but in the long term, we we we'll lose something with that mm. when we don't have relationship across congregations, across uh, cultures, and it starts at the top with the pastoral team, and uh, and it'll trickle down into the into the congregation. So, yeah, I I don't know if that really fully answered yeah. your question, but um, that's that's one of the trends.
3: Yeah, Jalen and John, you you both uh, mentioned family several times and and Jalen mentioned patience as patience, humility, desire for unity just uh, and it it seems like when we talk to a lot of our uh, Korean American friends or uh, I know Ben your model is unique but a lot of Korean American friends when they talk about the future for their English ministries there is almost a blessing of of being an independent church um, you know going full townhouse model but when we, when we talk to the Chinese heritage church pastors, the idea of even having an, a separate English church, or it, it's almost like you're dividing the family. And, and so um, w- would you say that from, from the guests that you've talked to, that there's maybe in the Chinese church, not that there's one right or wrong way to do things between Korean-American trans versus Chinese heritage churches, but do you think that our future, maybe in the next 10 years, would be more trying to stay together, that there's a there's an opportunity where, where the, the English or in Mandarin and Cantonese, or, or if it's a bilingual church that, that our future is together. And maybe that's why, um, the leaders need to have a lot of patience and humility.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Ben's model because I, you know, I was, we had him on, uh, yes, (laughs) right. last last season sometime. And I think John and I afterwards were like, man, that's really cool what Ben is doing. And there's some really awesome things about the way that uh, ministry is done with Anchor. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, and, and kind of going back to Ben's question a little bit too, I think that it, it is going to be different, right? I feel like it's it's hard to kind of pinpoint a trend because I'm, I think we're finding that the Chinese heritage church is, is kind of diversifying a bit right it's it's looking a little bit different like there's not one model like I think mm-hmm. e- even in the guests that we've had the churches that we've kind of looked at they're all a little bit different in in leadership structure in in their model in the way that they gather and all that stuff and so I think in some ways it's kind of it's kind of hard to pinpoint okay what are the trends and and then how are we kind of aiming towards that so I think you know I, but I do think like we have to be faithful to what God calls us to. Right. And that might come down to the specific local church and those specific local church leaders. Um, And, and I do think that there's a lot of benefit to staying together. I, I do think, as we've talked about just this family um, uh, being, being in a fi- family dynamic, being multi congregational, multi-generational, there's a lot of health and beauty to that. And I, I do think that that has tremendous benefit, not just for Chinese heritage churches, but for other immigrant churches, for, you know, uh, even, even I would, I would imagine uh, immigrant churches that, or immigrants that are now coming to the United States that don't have a lot of churches and the Chinese heritage church being sort of a, a model or a case study for mm-hmm. this is how hopefully uh, an, an immigrant church um, can do things well. And so, yeah, I'm excited about for at least for for you know the local church that i'm a part of i i, I want to see us more and more grow in our unity and grow in you know the mandarin congregation and english congregation serving one another working together having opportunities to be uh independent in some ways but interdependent in most ways right and so mm-hmm. um yeah there, there's something wonderful about recognizing that indeed we are brothers and sisters in christ so what does that mean when we put on those extra layers of being Chinese first generation, second generation, mm-hmm. third generation? And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's something that I'm looking forward to, not just for my own local church, but seeing other Chinese heritage churches, what does that look like? That growing unity, that growing sense of family. And yeah. uh, what is that expression going to be for, for, for churches across you know, our country?
0: And I think one of the challenges with, with this, you know, is when it comes to immigration, it's not as simple as do people from Asia want to come here, right, um, from wherever they're coming from. I, I think it also involves, like, we, we don't really know, I mean, we can try to predict or guess or hope, uh, but we don't really know how our, our country will respond to, yeah, to immigration in the next 10 years, like a lot could change, a lot could shift or nothing could change. And, and I feel like I think some of that, the challenge is learning how to, to just kind of adapt well to whatever God brings, you know, in front of us into our backyard or, um, and maybe it'll continue to be more and more, um, Chinese families and Chinese individuals, um, from, from all over. Uh, or it could be something different and we're not hundred percent sure what that will look like. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's an exciting place to be, but also a little bit, a little bit daunting when I think about it. So yeah, exciting to that. We get to have front row seats to seeing what God wants to do with that.
2: Yeah. As I'm thinking about it and as we're talking, I think that is one unique thing about the Chinese church is because the immigration is, continuing it's not dropping off it's maybe coming from different places like the Chinese church is always going to be around it's not going to die out I mean maybe uh it's a little bit different with Korean or Japanese I don't know as much about Southeast Asian uh immigration patterns but it does seem like Korean immigration is dying out um and the churches are just getting older and then Japanese is like that kind of died out a while ago but Chinese is different, and um, and so yeah, the Chinese church isn't going anywhere. But I, I just do wonder about the the second and third generation. Are they are they leaving? But like you guys said, it does seem like Ch- uh, second generation is a little bit more resilient. Like we don't hit the eject button quite as quickly. Uh, but I also see that as a weakness because, like, I think maybe the our korean american friends might be more willing to hit the eject button but they, they're more innovative they're more uh willing to take chances and risks <clears throat> and so yeah yeah. You know, my, my personal hope is that yeah how could we kind of learn from other cultures while keeping kind of the the strengths the unique strengths that we have um i don't know um Well, we probably should wrap it up soon. So actually, how about we wrap it up like this? Uh, Do you guys have any questions for us? Um, Anything, uh, yeah, anything other topics that you you would kind of like to bring up?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, because we talked about this just briefly, like hearing what you guys are hopeful for um, about the Chinese Heritage Church or even just your church specifically um, you know, I, cause I think those, those are the stories that really need to be shared. And for, for Jalen and I, we've, we, we don't want to pretend like that ministry in the Chinese heritage church is not hard, that there are hard days and hard moments, hard seasons. Um, but I think we've, we kind of talked through this early on in our, in our process that we wanted to really highlight the hopeful stories and because, because there's something that I think honors the Lord with, with that To And and I think generationally, especially for, you know, the younger parts of the Chinese heritage church, whether they're Gen Z or upcoming Gen Alpha or something, you know, they're, they're, I think generally looking for, looking for hope in the midst of, um, you know, a world that they, Maybe they feel like is a little hopeless, right? The world that's been handed to them by their, by their parents or the people ahead of them. And they, I think the thing that's going to inspire and, and draw them into the kingdom is seeing the hope and beauty of the church and the kingdom of God. Um, Because for sure, it's not going to be the institution of church that draws them in, you know? And so, yeah, what, what would, I guess for the two of you, is, is there something that you feel very hopeful about? when it
3: comes to the church. Yeah, I I, I think for me, um, like both of you, uh, Jalen and John, both of you mentioned that there's a lot of context. There's no one model for how the Chinese Heritage Church will move forward. Uh, but I, I, I do see something, and this alludes back to kind of what I was discussing earlier, where I think in the Chinese church, most of us, if we were to propose an independent budget, independent English staff, independent English team and vision. For a lot of our churches, it'd be like, hey, you're asking to split the family. Um, but at the same time, I do see on uh, in Chinese services churches, this immigrant mentality where parents immigrate to America and they work their tails off and they want to give the business or they want to give everything education to their children. They just want their children to be to honor them, to have humility, to do well and not to destroy the whole thing. And I, I do think we have the common theme of the gospel. We have, you know, sound doctrine. And I do think in the Chinese church, I mean, we we still have to see what it's going to look like in the five to 10 years, but there could be an opportunity where the Chinese church of multiple language congregations can stay together, regardless of who's leading, where possibly in a healthy setting, uh, an immigrant church could, could hand the keys uh, to their adult children to lead the church forward while the adult children... Um, take the responsibility to carry on some of the values while maybe changing some of the approaches and methods uh but never leaving their their parents behind and as their parents age you know there's care and and so forth so so i do think that could happen i mean that's challenging but that that's a great hope and like the two of you alluded to this may be a model for churches that want to stay together as multilingual congregations so that's my hope for Chinese heritage churches that we could um, set that model for Asian immigrant churches.
2: Yeah, I think my hope comes from just seeing what younger leaders are doing. Um, And whether that's, you know, I mean, our model is kind of this church plant, but, you know, also staying connected to the to the immigrant church. Or like what Hanley's doing or a lot of your guests are doing is staying inside the Chinese church, but still able to have a thriving ministry towards, um, you know, the next generation. And um, yeah, I you know, I just, it's a good way to end because I just I keep doing what you're doing because I think we need to hear more stories about um, especially younger leaders who are doing uh, great things for God you know, um, within our context. And yeah, so I, you know, me personally, I think that's the hope of the Chinese Heritage Church as it grows and if it wants to reach the second, third, fourth generation is the leaders. The younger leaders need to be raised up. Mm. They need to be able to do, able to lead, um, you know, in a way that makes sense to them. They need to be empowered and given the chance to fail in whatever model you're in you know, and if we can do that, then I think there's a bright future. And, um, so, yeah, well, thank you guys so much for spending some time with us. Uh, had a lot of fun, uh, talking to you guys and, um, yeah, we hope to, you know, hear more about you guys and, in more of your episodes for all of you guys watching or listening to this, please check out the bamboo pastors podcast. Um, and, uh, see you later. Thanks,
0: guys. Thank you.
2: Yeah,
3: thank you.
0: That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.